HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The Heritage End of Year Fund Drive is officially on. Become a member today at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. This is our special Christmas 2018 show. We're recording it in the fall 2018. We just happen to have a, a very special guest. And, you know, for years we've had uh, our friends from the Shelton Brothers, and they've brought in some great beers from Scandinavia, Norway, and Denmark. We used to even do a, a Scandinavian be- beer event, didn't we? It's BR here, BR Roya from Shelton, and uh, Bob, Bob W. Bob W. From, uh, from Shelton, but... Um, I've always been fascinated by by your different Scandinavian beers, and you know most people think, oh, Christmas beers and and Scandinavian beers, dark dark malts and juniper branches or something. So that's kind of a, a little hook for our Christmas show. Um, and then our special guest, I mean, to me, is one of the coolest breweries you guys have, the Hand Brewery. I always call it Hand Brewgrit. Stefan. Hi, man. Nice to meet you. Do I use my Scandinavian accent? Is it, does it sound the same as my Danish accent or my Norwegian accent? Do you want me to give you the nice answer or, or the <laughs> correct answer? Give us the nice one first. Uh, Honbrigria, that's the name of the brewery. So, um, yeah, we started out back in 2005 for home, home brewers, and that was actually before my time, which you, uh, if this had been on the television, you could have seen from my youngish great looks. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you yeah. got a full beard, there's a little bit of gray coming in. Just, just a teen <laughs> bit. Uh, used to be nothing. Now, like, every time I get a haircut, it's like, where did that come from? It's a show's character. <laughs> For sure. But how did you guys find hands? So, I mean, you know, 2005, they started kind of home brewers in Norway. Well, I mean, as you know, we, we usually try to find out, uh, find whether it uh, is their classic brewers in different countries or also the up and coming ones. And what was really particularly interesting about Hund was, you know, they came from a homebrew background, but they were focused on a lot of more traditional ales. You know, they weren't uh, doing, I mean, they, they do IPAs and things, but it was mostly a lot of uh, more local ingredients, you know, using whether it's juniper or rye, uh, wild yeasts, things that would have been more towards a traditional farmhouse ale, as opposed to, say, Nyugnu, who we also import, uh, who are skewing more towards uh, international styles, whether porters, imperial stouts, IPAs. So this was just, uh, you know, that was sort of the new wave of 
introducing those styles to Norway, whereas this was going deeper into, you know, what was possibly done in the countryside back, you know, 100 years ago. So, Stefan, how long have you been with the company? I actually started out three years ago. Uh, it was quite by accident and uh, tomfoolery and being the cheeky guy I am. Uh, I was actually working in uh, the oil business at the time. And um, hand was actually going through a little rough patch, as you know, for breweries that's been around for a while. Uh, you know, uh, in Norway, the tax system and alcohol system is um, framed uh, in a way that, like, you can't sell your beers on site. You have to sell it through a third uh, company and then to to the wine uh, monopoly. And then the state will, again, tax you quite uh, heavily for w- what you sell. Um uh, and uh, c- going back to your uh, question, um, three three years ago, uh, I was actually at another brewery, uh, just you no, know, you know, drinking, having fun, and I said to one of the guys, uh, you know, I can't find my favorite brewery hand in Bergen anywhere, and uh, their CEO like jokingly said like, well, you should do something about it. So I just called him and said, "Hey guys, uh, I can't find find beers, and uh, do you want me to help you?" Because at, at the time I was also doing quite uh, quite a bit of uh, you know, beer and cheese tastings, whiskey tastings, uh, yeah, and it's just sort of snowballed. That's funny. It's cool that you said you worked in the oil industry because I I assume that Norway that that is one of the big industries there, isn't it? That's the money maker, baby. That's the uh, oil and fish. So, um, what about fish oil? Fish oil as well, <laughs> and oily fish, <laughs> and very uh, oily fish. Sp- speaking of which, we're actually going to the Extreme Beer Fest in Boston in February, where we where where we are going to bring in mackerel stout. This is like two months away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but mackerel stout. So you actually put some mackerel in the beer. Yeah, mackerel and tobacco. Oh, wow. oh boy! If what? that's not extreme, you know, I don't. No, let's talk about some of your philosophy of beer. So I was again, I've I've had Han before. I always think it's really cool. Um, you guys were making what beers with some traditional ingredients, but you're also making. I've, I saw the full lineup. You have some what look like normal beers, wits and things. I don't know, but do you export everything, or you know, what's the difference between beers you sell in Norway and beers that you export, and and what's the demand, especially in the export. Or what styles of beer? You know, back in Norway, you know, we do what the rest of the kids do. We sell a lot of hazy IPAs, a lot of citra pale ales. That's that's the thing that pays the money and really um, enables us to do what we want to do, which is to make sours uh, and uh, big stouts, uh, quake beers, uh, farmhouse beers. That's, that's really what's uh, in our DNA. And I think... Uh, you know, we're really moving into having eat uh, uh, even more of that uh, using local malls, which we never could for like two years ago. Now it's becoming a big thing. We can f- finally use that. Pierre, when, when you're taking uh, Stefan around to sales calls, I think you were just at KCBC earlier. I know you've we talked about Br- Browery Lane, that great bar in, uh, in, Br- in Greenpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- what's your selling points for hand? You know, how do you describe it to people? 
Well, I mean, again, it's 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 more of the the unique ingredients, the sours that they're doing, the Quebec, which um, you know uh, Stefan can explain more of as a, it's a style of yeast, a type of yeast that is used um, very, at, at small on a very very small local level, um, and that's become a very interesting yeast for both professional brewers and home brewers right now. There's been a huge resurgence of that, um, and there's tiny little micro, I don't say micro small yeast packets around the country where, you know, there'll be a farmer or a home brewer who will just grow their own and, and keep it propagated. And it is local and specific to one farm, perhaps, or one valley in Norway. I mean, you can probably, Stefan, explain a little bit more. Um, and so that's, you know, almost sort of the, in a way, uh, a, a Norwegian version of a Belgian Lambic where it's specific to a locale and you really can't do it. I mean, obviously now you can culture that yeast and send it elsewhere. But um, at the time, it was something that could only have been made in one specific location um, and more towards on the wild yeast. And that's what's interesting for us in bringing these beers over and what our our uh, accounts are interested in. I mean, a IPA from Norway, sure, it is, is, could be really good. But by the time it gets here, it's going to be much more expensive. It's going to be older than a local Citra Pale Ale. So there's no reason for us to import that, uh, unless it's for a special event. We might bring in, you know, a keg or two or something just to, to show the range of the, the broad range of the brewery. But for the most part, we want, we're into these styles that are things that might not be done elsewhere except in Norway. Right. So it's it's Kvek, is that sort of called? Kvek. Kvek. Uh, and Kvek is like, um, um, I'm from the uh, western part of Norway, and Kvek just means yeast. So when uh, p- people came came to us, like, do you guys do Kvek beers? We're like, well, we, well, we have to use yeast for our beers. Like, But yeah, uh, Kvek is like this fantastic super mutant Viking yeast. Um, they can handle temperatures from like 10 degrees Celsius to 36 degrees celsius and it won't give you off flavors wow it's uh we, we have been just like throwing the book at this this yeast and like so you're using a specific yeast or or do you have like a set yeast in your valley that that you've cultivated or how is uh, it working we actually uh we actually buy the, the latest strands of uh quake that we have used for our clean beers because you know we have quite a quite a big brewery now we actually bought from a lab in New York, uh, and that's because you know that is I, funny, but it's not that funny. It's kind of normal, isn't it? Yeah, it's you know it's just the way it is. Uh, things are hyper local and global at the same time. Uh, um, some of the best quake beers I had uh, recently was just here in New York. From uh, I went to Transmitter Brewery. They had a quake on. Uh, and Fifth Hammer had a thing uh, uh, in her tanks. But do people call the beers fake beers? Uh, I think they, I think Transmere called it a quake saison. I don't know what Chris from Fifth Hammer was planning with the beer. Uh, he was just playing around with it. Um, be great, a great kind of beer to have a, a cheese pairing with, have a cheese quake. Cheese quake, <laughs> <laughs> But so quake is more like a, like a farmhouse ale? Well, it's not a style so much as it is the yeast itself. So it's, uh, I mean, I, I've been seeing breweries saying that it's a, a perhaps fake fermented, um, but it's, yeah, it's not a particular style. You can do different, any type of beer, really, but it's more of the styles tend to be farmhouse styles, though at least the ones that I've seen in the U.S. Yeah. Um, if you really want to go to make a, a fake beer, um, that... 
that is why we will call a con an cornel, which is like uh, uh, made at the local farm, uh, very high temps, a uh, lot of uh, alcohol, which you really, really can't taste, and served in a plastic bottle at a lukewarm temp. It's it's amazing, uh, but that's not something as that we as a bigger brewery in Norway. Oh, well, big being a very relative term right here, but that's not something that we can do. Um, we wouldn't know how to sell it really. Um, so so we do uh, with uh, one of my babies, uh, Earthquake, uh, which is just like a sort of, it's like a farmhouse beer from Belgium, but with a traditional Norwegian twist to it. Um, it's uh, and Quake is also there's there's so many strains of Quake, um, and in Norway when we refer to a Quake beer, um, I always say that that we use the Langlo Quake, because the guy that owns this Quake like. He was his family was the one like kept it going, uh, you know. Uh, Stein Alderlo, uh, Stein Alderlonglo, he's up from like uh, Sundmøre, which is on the uh, north western part of Norway. Uh, so no, I'm, we, I'm nodding at every name you say. I have no <laughs> idea what you're saying. <laughs> so that's like family names. Um, people will talk about Vasquake, and that's not. That really rubs me a little bit because there's like a lot of different strains, family names from uh, Quake strains from from Voss, and you should sort of uh, uh, how you translate this into English, like give thanks to the f- the farm that kept this uh, Quake going. So we, we we call it props. Yeah, props. Yeah, <laughs> Prop, props is good. What do you think, Bob? How, how would you? Uh... What question would you ask? I want to know more about the quakes. Well, I th- I think that the couple questions. One, it'd be great if you could do a hemp beer and make a quake and bake. That would be fun. <laughs> and I think uh, I think a beer to promote world peace and call it Quaker would be nice. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's a good idea. <laughs> I'm glad I can understand your English, Bob. Dunkabed. No, that's our wrong language. Talk. But. Quakes are something new, but it, it's, it's like that with a lot of things. This, these strains of yeast, and uh, it's interesting that you've and you. It's been your tradition for a long time, then. Yeah, it's like uh, those quake strains. Like they've been sort of been a well hidden secret for five hundred years. Uh, home home brewing has like always been a very important thing in Norway. Uh, back in the day, like if you made bad beer three years in a row. Uh, you would you would either have to, uh, you know, be put to death, which <laughs> no one really wants to do, I think, or move to Iceland, which like which is even worse, which is to today waters people <laughs> living in Iceland from because making they, bad they were beer. bad brewers. <laughs> yeah, what what was the tradition? Let's let's do this. Let's taste this beer we have. This is a another beer that's on tap. So every week we taste a beer on tap from Roberta's Pizza, our home here. And this is a Grim Paradise, which is a 4.7% sour beer. Let's let's sip this. We'll take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. For the past 10 years, Heritage Radio Network has brought listeners around the world the most important voices in food and drink. 
I'm Matt Patterson, the lead engineer here at HRN. Six years ago, when I was teaching myself to brew beer out in San Diego, I listened to Heritage Radio shows for tips, tricks, and inspiration. Heritage Radio's programming simply would not be possible without the support of listeners like you. Become a member of Heritage Radio Network today and give HRN a strong start to our second decade. Choose from exclusive member gifts and stay in the loop on discounts to upcoming events. Now is the best time to show your support for HRN. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio. Guys, guess what? It's uh, Christmas time. It's uh, end of 2018. And we've got Stefan from the Handbrugge Handbrugge in uh, Norway. We're talking about all kinds of things, quakies. And we were just talking about some of the history. I didn't realize that Norway had such a a rich history of homebrewing and brewing uh, going back. So tell us more about that. Like, did, did people have to make beer and give it to the king? Were people growing malt grains, and, and do you have is malt? Is that a big part of the tradition there? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, that was like uh, when the first laws were written in Norway, back to the Gulating laws. Um, uh, being a historian by trade, I should remember what year it was, but <laughs> just make up a date. No one will. Yeah, say. yeah, like thirteen something something. <laughs> <laughs> in a time of yore, that, that's a very good date. In times of yore. Um, uh, you know, it it was written down, down in laws that you had to make your own beer, uh, and you have to remember. So how, every household had to make beer. Yeah. Would be farm. Yeah. Estate. Yeah, farm household. You have to uh, re- remember that, like drinking a type of water we drink today, we take that for for granted. So we basically had to boil the water back then, and beer is very nutritious. Uh, you know, you would brew, you would brew your beer like uh, th- three times to make a strong one that that you would have like, uh, you know, when the king came or the guy who said he was king the next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was like it was said in the laws that if you made beers like bad th- three years in a row, you, you know, you had to have the proper malt. It should weigh as much as your wife did. So back then. Uh, Women really couldn't lie about their weight. Like that, <laughs> that would give you a different type of problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, home brewing is like it's been ingrained into a culture, and it was not really until you know with uh, with the advent of what I call uh, crap beer back you know those boring lagers that uh, people used to drink. Uh, home brewing sort of disappeared for a bit um, uh, but now it's really coming back when I start start to homebrew back like 10 years ago there were maybe like uh, two or three thousand of us and I was like 15 20 fifty thousand which doesn't seem a lot here but in Norway it's, that's a lot of people so there's a there's, a, there's still a history of, of making beer and um, so on that note, what about taxes and, and, and the other systems? You know, if, if, if you had, do you have to give some of your beer to the king? You know, what, what's the system? And, and were people able to, to grow grain in Norway? Is there a local grain and malt industry? Was there for a long time? Uh, there's never been uh, commercial malteries in Norway, uh, actually, until now that I know of. Uh, we start, started working with um, a company called uh, 
Nusk malt, and they make their own uh, malts at the farm, uh, not too far from our brewery. So we like we basically said uh, said to him like, uh, whatever you make, we'll we'll take it. So we're so we're doing that with our quake beers. Um, I really wanted to move that on to all our sours, all our farmhouse beers, maybe even into our uh, IPAs, even though like. Uh, now he's doing a lot of this stuff by hand. It's not as commercially available, maybe uh, competitively price, you know, price-wise. Uh, but it's still something we want to do. It's like that's the next logical step for us. We we we, we don't want to have that uh, Norvège terroir thing going. Um, uh, that's 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 why like uh, these days I'm very uh, adamant about like. Not calling our cherry sours a creek, not calling it a frambois. Like we have to give props to uh, Jean Monroy and Amon and those guys. Uh, back when hand started, it made a lot of sense, like to call it Tinbic, which is our uh, our sea buckthorn sour, uh, or, or to call it Hunbuck. Uh, you know, we'll we'll still make Hunbuck and call it that because that's that's our baby, but. Uh, uh, for for new new uh, new beer now we we won't call it that it's it's a bit like saying that you make a Vermont uh, IPA it's uh, we we make a hazy uh, 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 IPA but it's not from Vermont right yeah yeah and then we're we're drinking uh, from Graham which has been around for a while but their their brewery opened this year in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, it's the Grim Paradise. It's a 4.7% sour. So you've been around New York City uh, visiting in the fall. Um, what are some of the breweries you visited? And what do you guys think of this beer? I mean, this is like kind it's of red. a jammy red sour beer. It reminds me of Borscht. I can't drink this beer and say that I hate it because Joe would kill me the next time I meet him. Um, um, I met Joe at, uh, at the uh, Shelton Fest. Now this. uh uh, we, we weekend and I went back to his brewery yesterday. So we're so we're doing some beers. Um, so you came to town because you were at the the Shelton Festival in, yeah. in Denver. I have a lot of uh, family in the, in the U.S. So so I want to uh, do a lot more stuff here so we can v- visit. And you know, it it's my first time in New York City, which is just insane. You know, I grew up uh, with Modesky Martin Wood. Wu-Tang Clan, John Schofield, uh, reading comics like Spider-Man. And Dare, Dare you probably know more stuff. about New York than I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, it's, uh, you know, being a guy from Norway, uh, New, New York is still really important to me, like culturally. It's like there's so much great culture coming from here. Well, I think a lot of the rats here in New York City are descendant of Norwegian wharf rats. Came over in ships, and that's not a joke, even though I just said it. But In, uh, in that case, I feel sorry for you guys, because <laughs> those are some mean mofos. And they found one, uh, what, in the Court Street tunnel that was buried that was something like six feet from head to tail, a skeleton of one? Yeah. From head to tail, six feet. Those are the big Norwegians, you know, <laughs> Viking rats. Viking rats. Yeah, but New, so New York beer. So you 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 were at, you visited Joe Grimm at Grimm's. 
We're drinking this red sour. You've been to KCBC? KCBC, uh, Transmitter, uh, Fifth Hammer. Uh, I actually went to uh, Village Vanguard for, for the first time yesterday with Chris from Fifth Hammer, which is like, thank oh, you, he's Chris. He's a great jazz player, too, Chris Kuzma, yeah. Yeah. Um, jazz and music. And we and went beer. to uh, uh, Big Alice Brewing um, and uh, uh, Lick Project. LIC. LIC, yeah. 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 I'm going to call it Lick from now on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the brewery scene in uh, New York now is just popping. I remember five five years ago, I, I, I was actually thinking, why isn't there more stuff uh, happening? <laughs> Real estate rents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's, you brought one hand beer, didn't yes. you? Let's, let's, let's try that next. Um, so, hand beers, man. So, um, so when you guys started in 2005, it was a small operation, four, guys, four people, um, kind of like home brewers to the craft next step. Um, but now you're, you've, you've grown, but you also, you're also you having a separate sour brewery. Yeah. Uh, we learned the hard way that that's something you really need to have. Uh, you know, that was, that's it, funny. It, it, Bob, that was a funny joke. <laughs> Which we learned one? the hard way that having a separate sour brewery is something you need to have. Okay. I thought that was funny. If those little bugs, you know, get in your big tanks in your system, you're not, you're not, you're not going, you're not going to be happy. Uh, especially if you have to use a few months just to find out where they got in. Um, There's a little action. So, did, did all your beers that you brought? Did they make it? Did you uh, break some, or did some explode? I, uh, I was uh, when I went to Denver, and I. I opened my suitcase in uh, London. Actually, I'm like getting all these fantastic (laughs) sour flavors. (laughs) Like, oh no. So, yeah, some big bottles of Hanbach went. Packed them really nice, but you know, uh, the guys at the airport that that handle luggage, you know, like they handle (laughs) so many suitcases every day. And I'm sure you're like, you know, just throwing and throwing and throwing. So, uh, that sucked. But you, we have something. So what did you bring for us? This is uh, Tindve. It's a... Uh, One s- bottle survived. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Norway to, New- to London to Denver. Denver to New York. Yeah. Um, this beer is called Tinder? Tinder. Yeah. Do you swipe right on this? You know, uh, yeah. Yeah, you should, actually. Um, uh, so Tindve is just... Uh, you're warming up, Bob. You're getting there. <laughs> Tinva is how you should Bob say C. Shelton Brothers. Tinda. Tinbach. So this is this is one that uh, you see a lot in the United States. So it's a, yeah, it, it's a fruity farmhouse. Uh, that's the thing, but... Uh, uh, it is fruity. The, it's actually really nice. So it's and C. Buckthorn is, uh, is a, an Arctic or a subarctic little fruit. Can you, mm. I mean, not everyone might know what it's like but packed with uh, vitamin C very high it's yeah. like cranberries what's the one name of, of the fruit again tinva tinva is actually the fruit yeah. you also have other th- what are some other ingredients that you guys use lingonberries lingonberries juniper but do you use the juniper branch or juniper that's a very important trade secret mm-hmm. um, <laughs> what we usually do, yeah we'll do uh, we'll just chop it up and we'll put it in a uh, uh, you know uh, the to, uh, to bags you use for hops because you know it's it's neat and clean mm. and you just at the 
the end of the day, we're very lazy people, so, and it works. So that's what we do. And I'm, I'm not going to give was you that, the... That was funny, too, <laughs> that you're very lazy people. You're good, man. <laughs> you know, for uh, people that work uh, 70 to 80 hours a day, we're pretty lazy. <laughs> and also uh, spruce tips you see a lot. Yeah, spruce tips. Uh, we're actually, you know, we, we, we just uh, tasted some grim beer. Uh, I'll be back in February, and we'll do a Quake Double Hazy IPA with spruce with uh, uh, Joe from Grim. Are you going to bring any any ingredients over, like uh, the spruce? We'll, or we'll uh, we'll bring some Quake, um, and we'll probably do the same thing at you know back home. What, uh, Grim will make beer with you guys. Yeah, in Norway. Wow. So. Uh, also, uh, you know, I talked to the guys from KCBC. We're probably going to do something as well. Uh, I want to do something with the transmitter uh, because they make some amazing uh, farmhouse beers right now. And I, I have to do a beer with Chris from Fifth. Chris Kuzma, yeah. He, he makes amazing beer. And we have the same, like, music philosophy, like, a uh, beer should be be like a song, you know. It, it should be, you know, if it sticks in your head, that's fine. But it should also be something that you enjoy every time you listen to it. I'd like to be your publisher if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of are. I guess more promoter. Promoter. And you've more been pro- taking him around, Bob? Well, we just got started. Um yeah, I mean, it's freezing cold here in December, as you know, in New York City. But the Norwegians are used to it. So where else did you go? You went to KCBC? We're going to be traveling around to a bunch of different choice accounts uh, through Brooklyn, through Manhattan, just to show Stefan what New York City is all about when it comes to the craft beer scene and, and some of the finer bars and purveyors of... Uh, can you name a couple? I can. <laughs> and, and I will at gunpoint. No. So uh, out here in this neighborhood, uh, we've got the sampler. Um, there's also uh, we stop Brooklyn. We stop we stop by uh, and saw uh, Aaron Foster, Foster Sundry, uh, and Aaron seemed very interested in, in butcher doing shop little, cheese beer. Yeah, he wants to do a tasting uh, in two months' time. That would be February. So we should we should start putting on a calendar in February. Stefan from Han Brewery will be back. Yeah, I think. I think we'll try to do some events in February when Stefan is back. and, and uh, Yeah, maybe we can do a show or, or someone you've done in collaboration with one, one of those uh, types of people. Yeah, that's a very good idea. Yeah. Hey, you know, we're going to take one more short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, guys, it's the end of the year, 2018. It might be 2019 by the time you hear this show. But uh, remember, don't forget us, heritageradionetwork.org. Become a member, donate, 
Uh, there's so many great shows out there, and we're by now we're almost at 500 uh, episodes of Beer Sessions Radio. So, thanks for your support. And uh, back in the fall, we got to meet with um, so, some great folks, including Stefan from uh, Handbrugerit, the hand brewery in Norway, and we're we're having a, a, a show airing now that we recorded then. So here we are back with uh, Br and Bob from Shelton Brothers and uh, Stefan from Han. So we're talking a little bit about um, the special yeast that you guys using and it's become tr- kind of trendy the quake yeast so um you're going to come back to new york in february you might make beers with what fifth hammer um some of the other transmitter do you think you'll make beers with them too definitely uh you know if uh you know uh it seems these days that everyone is moving like we're moving to brewery transmitters moving to brewery and it's like it's just a part of the hassle of doing brewery stuff uh, you know, you, you make your beers, you grow, you have to move again. Um, this time for us is actually they uh, they want to build a new hospital uh, where the brewery is at. So we have to move again. Maybe, uh, and, and I think this is like the fifth or sixth time we moved the brewery. So now we know how to do it, but it's still it's still such a hassle each time. That's that's a lot. It's only about, what, 13 years since you yeah. guys started. Maybe you should put it on wheels. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> That's a great idea. But that, we'll talk about that another time. But I like um, one thing about where you are. So where you're located, um, there are there are some history of breweries there. There's one that's that's spelled ass, but you pronounce it os. No, I just say ass. You say so. ass too. And it's in Dramen. So um, what what is what is noted about that region for making beer? And, and it, is, is there a special source of water? Uh, the region we're from is Buskerud, and it's like in it's like the heartland of Norway. It's like in the middle of everything. Uh, it's close to the west coast. Um, uh, it's close to Oslo. Uh, it's close to Trondheim. Uh, sort of like it's it's a good spot to be. Our water is amazing. Would never do anything with our water. It's you know it's soft. It's got minerals. Uh, when we do make the hazy IPAs, of course, we do some adjustments because that's what what uh, all the cool, cool kids do these days. But um, uh, but it's basically we would we just plug and play. Um, and I, I and I think our water uh, that's a big part of our you know the, the taste of a beer. Uh, it it. It's soft, but it, and it gives room for uh, all the uh, ingredients we p- put in beer. And uh, we never put a thing in our beer unless we want it to be like present. It uh, don't call it a raspberry sour if you're not putting chunkfuls of raspberry in it. Now, how many of the original recipes are you still brewing at the brewery? Um, that's actually a good question. Uh, you're only as good as your last batch of beer, and uh, none of the original beers have the same recipe. Uh, because you know, uh, if you if you look at something like our Citra Pale Ale, we'd never get the same Citra each year, so you have to uh, adjust. Um, you never get the same type of fruit. Uh, the same type of fruit. Uh, you know, seasons change, and you sort of have to uh, just move along with it because, you know, at the end of the day, 
experience, like I uh, mentioned with Chris, is like it's a type of music, and it's it's you know we're playing live uh, each time someone tries for beer. It's and it's the first time we we want that beer to be uh, on point, so to speak. You're, you tell me about this beer, the tin, the Honda beer, the mm-hmm. tinned back. Yes, tin tinned bed. There's some great flavor. I'm just having it in my mouth and. Uh, the flavors last. There's, it's kind of, it's very complex, and it's, um, I really like it. Yeah, I mean, I think this was possibly the first beer we brought in from Scandinavia that had sea buckthorn. I mean, now pretty much all of our Nordic breweries are doing, whether it's Tuol or Mikkeler, uh or a few other. I think Brackeriet uh, is also doing some with with sea buckthorn. But at the time, I'm pretty sure that Hand was the first who sent it to us. Um, and it's nice. It's like a, a, there's a nice tartness from these the, the very concentrated flavors and these these berries, the sea, buck, sea buckthorn berries, um, make it. It's just a nice contrast for a sour beer. And there's a good fruitiness to it as well. There's yeah, a nice tart malt and fruity, sweetness. But it also, yeah. I feel like I can taste the grain. Exactly. There's definitely that like malt fruit. sweetness. Uh, when we made this, we didn't really think about this as a sour beer. Uh, it's more of a farmhouse saison uh, beer, but it has this sort of uh, now that it's aged a bit, like you get a, the same sort of front acidity that you will get from like a Grand Cru champagne, but at uh, but at like but at the same time, at the opposite one, uh, side of it, you you get this really nice honey, soft malt flavor that sort of um, crashes or uh, sort of yeah um, works with and against the tartness and then. No, it's definitely not one note at all. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a sour beer at all. I definitely think there's it's, a tartness to it. Yeah, but more yeah, like a country not... country ale. That's want to keep drinking it. This is great, man. Cheers to you guys. Thank you, man. I've had some hand beers over the years, but um, I think you've poured the Norwegian Wood is one that's very popular that we've done. Uh, the Heysholm, the farmhouse. Norse Porter. Norse Porter, right? Yeah, and, and and in terms of sales in the states, I mean, you have your your stronger dark beers, and then you have your sour beers. You sell, they sell equally, or are you selling more sours now, or or those strong beers? We actually see, uh, you know, uh, back back in the days, if we didn't have our uh, relationship with Shelton, we wouldn't have been making sours basically because we couldn't give the sours away. People didn't get what sours were, so l- uh, luckily Shelton came in and they uh, understood what we wanted to do. Uh, and uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, of the modern age drinkers in Norway, like uh, been been sort of asking us, well, why why won't you uh, just you no know, just keep the beer in Norway and we can drink? It's like because you weren't around ten ten years ago, uh, making sure that hand could actually stay, uh, you know, s- stay in business. Uh, we have a very nice. Uh, relationship to Shelton it's it's a company we worked the longest with and hopefully we'll you know work a long time well we hope you keep sending us beer definitely we know we have a lot of new things coming um, we're actually making quite a lot more sours now when we get the new space we'll even triple our sour stuff and, and then the last thing so it's you know it's Christmas time Christmas beers, holiday beers. There's, there's definitely a Scandinavian Norwegian tradition. Dark malts, juniper. Well, it's where the rain, reindeer are from. Oh yeah, Norway. Yeah. We don't talk about reindeer in Norway. They're <laughs> sacred animals. <laughs> no, um, 
Now, uh, Christmas beers, that's a big thing for us. But, you know, we sell it once a year. We sell a, um, the... Uh, we sell a shit ton of Christmas beers. Uh, this year, uh, everything... We, we, uh, we made eight different beers. And after a week, we had one beer left. And, like, we're talking quite a big part of our uh, production... The, the, uh, the beer we still have left is actually Halvorsjul, which I think maybe is the best one. It's a Akkuit barrel-aged beer with, uh, where Halvorsjul, he's he's you know he's one of the main guys of uh, Akkuit, and he'll he'll make a mix for us with spices each year. We'll add that uh, with the beer in uh, uh, Akkuit, and it's uh, such a beautiful beer. It's, so I I read about that. So so you're actually you're you're aging them in the aquavit uh, barrels. Yeah, with the aquavit spices, and uh, crazy drink drinkable. You know, for someone who likes that type of beer, but it's like as a sort of velvety, nice chocolate background with some aquavit. Uh, you know, you you get nice uh, aniseed. Uh, lip, uh, licorice sort of spice thing going br are, are you, will you will you or do you have any of their christmas beers this year uh we i know that we have the best of far um and i have to remember which i'm not sure which other ones we have right now i think we just had the two of two in the past christmas beers have um we used to sell a lot of Christmas beers, and in the past couple of years, the sales have really people because it used to be a really exciting time where breweries would release a special beer just at Christmas. But now there are so many special releases happening all the time that there's not as much excitement about a holiday beer coming out, a winter warmer, or a, or a Christmas style ale. So um, we bring we've been bringing in smaller amounts, but it is always you know a good time to have those have those come in, especially the yeah the Norwegian ones. You know you're known for releasing beers whether it be at easter you know a stronger beer at easter time or a christmas beer so a lot of the, the nordic countries do that which is f- still fairly unique in terms of the amount of selection that you'll have they won't just do one beer for the holiday they'll do several no we definitely sell a lot more christmas beer than ramadan beer it's like the ramadan beer sales <laughs> have pretty much they're just <clears throat> they're just not there that's that's so weird <laughs> i know uh actually the uh the uh the best of our that uh, you guys got that's that's a fantastic beer we we changed the yeast a little bit so it's like uh, there's it, there's a mix of different Belgian yeasts and English yeast and it's a uh, it's so complex it has just this little uh, little nice touch of uh, of uh, smoked malts uh, Bob from Hill he said it like that was like one of his favorite beers, like uh, when they each, when each uh, Christmas came, like and they knew, and, and they knew they were getting some Christmas beers, like that. That was that's great, man. Well, one of the ones. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. It's uh, whether it's Christmas or New Year's, 2018, 19. It's snowing thing, outside. Y- your favorite uh, hand or Scandinavian beer, br. Ooh, I want to say Norwegian Wood. From from hand. All right, Bob. Yeah, I. It sounds like a cop-out, but we were just talking earlier, Stefan and I, uh, about Norwegian wood, and that's a beer that if I see it in a store, I can't help but get the bottle and drink it because it, it's really it's one of the most 
delicate, uh, complex smoked beers you'll ever have Norwegian wood. So yeah, I'm, is I'm, it like twelve percent? No, no, that's six point five. Six point five. It's a regular salvia, but that is really elegant. It's an elegant smoked beer. I love that beer. Well, that sounds good. I'll, I'll, and I'll take the Tinbach. <laughs> I, I think this is something refreshing, and uh, I like the. It's you say it's tart, but it drinks like a country farmhouse ale. So you guys are great. It's been great having you. BR and Bob from Shelton Brothers. Stefan, say your full name and the name of the brewery again. Stefan Williams Hansen, and I work for Hornbrygge, Norway. In Norway. Great, man. Really, really appreciate having you on, and uh, look forward to having you back in New York City in February. You know, you know, we'll be making some collaborations, and there'll be some great events at some of our, our favorite beer bars. So thanks for checking us out. Uh, thanks to our producer, Justin Kennedy, engineer, Matt Patterson, uh, intern, Dylan. Uh, I'm Jimmy Carboni. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.